Can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? (laughs) Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, work, relationships, and everything in between. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. The views expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect our employers. Enjoy! Hello everyone, you're listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory. I'm Victoria. And we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. Happy weekend, everyone. Um, Happy potentially weekend. we might be getting snow in North Carolina. Who knows? Apparently we've moved to Northeastern. Yeah, like, for real. States. When did, where did all this snow come from? That's what I'm saying. It's like the third week in a row. And then near my job, some of the stuff still hasn't melted. So it's that Ooh, ugly brownish. We still brownish. have snow that hasn't melted. Oh my gosh, it's this ugly brownish. Ugh, not about it. Ugh, I I love snow. I just don't like taking the dogs out. So like, I literally, oh my God, I love, I love my dogs. I love Kennedy. But she already pulls me. But pulling me on ice, I'm like skating. Oh, that's scary. Oh, that's so scary. Like, like Mal, I was literally walking her and I was like on the ice and like I just stopped and she just pulled me across the ice. I'm like, oh no. Like it was I fell twice. <laughs> and it was so funny because I was like so it was icy and the dogs are like walking and like sliding and I was like trying to take videos of them and then I fall. <laughs> and so like I've and unfortunately I did not get it on video me falling. But I fell and they just stopped and they looked at me. They're like, you good, bro? We gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> that's kind of cute, though. That's kind. Do they like the snow? Yes. Oh, that's sweet. They, they were cute. They like were doing like laps and they had a grand old time. And then especially Kennedy. But Kennedy just wants to like eat the snow. She's like, <laughs> that's funny. Water. I'm just gonna eat it. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, they have they had a fun um and then the other time I was like walking to my car to like get us food and Sebastian was like watching me he's like don't fall and I was like going not really how I see so I just like fell on my butt and he just starts dying laughing he's like mm. it was just so slow motion of you falling the, yeah the last time I fell on, on on ice it was literally slow motion it was in New Jersey where they're notorious for snow obviously and I was walking to the cafeteria and it was so embarrassing. There were so many people out there. And it was just, I and I could feel myself going slow. And it was just like in a movie, my arms fell, but I fell back with my arms fell up. I just felt it and boom. Oh, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> I that's why I like I don't like the ice. I this not it's this less sledding. I will say oh ice is snows, good. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Ice it, is good it for snows, sledding. And then it ices and like freezes over as ice. That's like the best sledding. But we don't have hills here. So I can't go sledding. So there's like ice is no point. Yeah. There's like no point of ice. There's like a tiny, tiny little, it's not even really a hill. It's just like a, a raised area, like mm-hmm. in the dog park across from my window. And there were just like kids out there. And I was like, oh, I feel so bad for them. Like, well, like my parents' neighborhood <laughs> has like the best hills to sled. 
it's just uh we would be like night sledding as kids and it's just like so much fun we had a guy who would hook up like a I, I don't even remember and maybe it was like a wagon to his lawnmower and he would just come by and we would be like okay we're going with him and all of the kids we would just get on it and he'd like drive us places it was so fun mm. I guess looking back now that I'm saying this out loud looking back I guess you can't really do that as much some random man in the neighborhood be like come on kids <laughs> at the time and I guess if you know your neighborhood it's not weird but like saying this out loud does kind of sound weird but he was a really nice guy like he it was tons of kids so it's not like you know anything weird could happen we'd just be like okay we're going and all of us would be on a little wagon thing and then he'd drive and go real fast and like oh my gosh that was those were the days we had at the beginning of the neighborhood we had a lot of people our age and then I think when we started I want to say middle school things change a lot because we were the only ones that went to a private school that I know of and everybody went to school together and then you know in middle school you get kind of like you get the attitude and like clicky so like they all went to school together so they would just kind of hang out with each other and then we were going off with other stuff we were doing actually correlation we never really saw anybody else in the neighborhood for the rest of that time there I feel like yeah from middle school yeah we were like that because I did I was in a charter school through fourth grade and so I was like kind of like that until like we because like my parents moved when I was like going into second grade and like the schools where we were originally weren't that good but like the schools that we moved into were really good so then like they decided they're gonna like put me in public schools because our school system was like really good and that's when you started being more friends with people in your neighborhood yeah yeah sometimes I think about that like I kind of wish we did have that because you know like for example on Arthur I remember like everywhere <gasps> in the neighborhood I loved Arthur me too that was my favorite show I loved it for a while we couldn't watch it because of how sassy DW was and then we got oh older and we could watch it yeah but I loved it I I probably watched Arthur way older than I should have but I definitely did I just was so wholesome did you watch Cyber Chase I wasn't allowed. Oh, yeah, I thought my mother was strict with TV. Oh, oh no. No, I don't care. Anybody listening, I don't care how strict you think your parents were. Mine were the strictest. Couldn't watch that. Or Dragon Tales. Couldn't watch Dragon Tales. I so. loved Dragon. Like, my mom was like, okay, anything on PBS is good. Nope. Nope. My parents even monitored that. Wow. Yeah. Anytime. What's the like, most scandalous show you were allowed to watch? Growing up? Yeah. Scandalous. I don't even know. Like, I couldn't even watch Scooby-Doo. I didn't watch Scooby-Doo till college. Why? I have no idea. Um, they were all fake monsters. None of them were real. Don't know. Wasn't allowed to watch it. I just was teasing my parents. So we, so it was this, it's a show, um, why can't I, Arrested Development, the lady who plays Lucille 2 was on the TV, and I was like, oh, that's Lucille 2, and then my dad was like, yeah, her mom is a lady who played Dorothy on the original Wizard of Oz, and I was like, oh, you know, I've never seen the Wizard of Oz, because my parents never let me, and then my parents were just kind of quiet, I was like, yeah, my parents, so I just, I haven't gotten to it, so I couldn't even watch the Wizard of Oz, like, I'm just trying to think of, like, maybe, I don't know why my parents let me watch that as a kid, that movie freaked me out, Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what movie freaked me out as a kid. And everybody's going to be like, what? Holes. 
whole yes it did it freaked me out too out. i remember when she so i had the, nightmares forever. me too eartha kit played the heck out of that role scared me and then when she i don't think i had ever seen suicide before oh joy and she like had the thing hit her i don't know why that just like what she did it to herself like i had never like that was just like well that and like finding nemo freaked me out as a kid that didn't freak me why that oh just because being lost with your parents getting kidnapped yeah i guess if that was kidnapped i did not see it oh and then toy story freaked me out as a kid because i'm like oh all my toys are alive see toy story made me take care of my toys so well i remember i was like my dolls i was very meticulous for a while with my dolls i'm like they're real and then I'll tell you this I don't know how like or when I saw Toy Story 1 and Toy Story 2 but I used to think I want to say up until like middle school it was just one long movie I had no (laughs) idea it was two separate movies and then someone says up to Toy Story 1 Toy Story 2 and I was like what do you mean I thought it was just one really long movie I don't know how I saw them and then Toy Story 3 I saw in high school and I bawled my eyes out um because that's such a good movie I have not seen Toy Story 4 yet though I'm like still like like protesting it because they said three was the last one so yeah and I heard four was eh, meh my parents saw Encanto or that new Encanto the new one on yes and they said it was so good don't don't talk about too much I'm gonna watch it this weekend yeah Encanto yeah my mom was like yeah we saw this movie yeah, the music. So it's like Lynn Manuel Miranda did the music. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah my, so my mom was in the Bruno. I don't know anything about the other than the Bruno thing. I know. I want yeah, to understand the meme so we badly. Don't talk about Bruno. No, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> and my mom was singing the song. I was like, okay, don't talk about it. Like, I, I'm going to see the movie this weekend, I promise. So good. Um, yeah. Um, I'm excited to see that. I'll be writing a paper this weekend. Well, I do. So I'm um, going to be speaking at my high school, their pro life chapel. So I'm super excited about that. So I also cool. have to write my speech for that, and that's on Thursday. And I have not decided what I'm going to talk about. Well, I mean, I know I'm obviously talking about pro life, but I I don't know what angle because mm. these are high schoolers, and I want to make sure I touch the next generation in a positive yeah. way. Well, I. I would keep your speech brief and then just do like oh, a yeah. question and answer. Well, that's what I was thinking of doing. Um, I want to do like I want because Brooke is also gonna do it with me. I want us to like just talk about basic the stages of embryology and then just answer just regular basic questions that everybody probably has, specifically ones geared toward girls, because I know yeah. that because I'm sure the girls are probably like they're the ones who are probably most concerned about the topic yeah well I don't know if you need to talk to them about like the embryology I think they had fine because it's like they're, if they're pro-life group they kind of know no that's the thing no cool. he was so he was explaining that like 
oh this is for chapel he was explaining that there's like a problem like some of a lot of the girls are not for life oh 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 i yeah. thought you speaking to like them as like a group oh like, no, like, no 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 like the, the for life organization no no no, no. this oh. is the whole high school the entire high school oh my god yeah okay. <laughs> well that's completely different i thought it was yeah. a small like intimate like no meeting. it's all like four or five hundred of them so well never yeah. mind i would do a speech then more in like a I, teaching session yeah i definitely i want to just say i do want to keep things basic because i think like at there are like i know how it was in chapel they do there's a pro-life chapel every year they probably heard the same speeches for the most part i know how it feels to sit there i know how it feels because it was my high school i know how it feels to like um have this random person up there telling you the same thing you've heard so I want to keep it basic but also keep it funky fresh and I know that's not what they're saying anymore but I don't know I'm just I'm really gonna be praying about it this weekend like mm-hmm. what to say because I'm just thinking they probably hear especially the seniors are probably like oh my god here comes another these girls probably think they're gonna relate to us and I do want to relate to the youth but I, I don't want to do it in like a weird annoying way because we had some really good speakers in mm-hmm. high school and then we had some really boring ones like we had some that I barely remember what they talked about yeah I think too it'd be like cool to kind of talk about like the crazy stuff like you learned and like done oh that's a good idea like crazy fun stories that like yeah because like to kind of like keep them interested and let me like Oh, I might want to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Good idea. Yeah. But anywho, we probably should get into our stories. We should. All right, y'all. It's been a crazy week. Um, I legitimately had like six other stories I was thinking of, but I was like, that's too much. And I asked you guys for two different stories, and we're going to be doing the story that you guys voted for at last. But without further ado, let's take it away, Vic. All right. The Supreme Court is going to consider a landmark challenge to Harvard and UNC's affirmative action policies. The Supreme Court announced Monday it will reconsider race-based affirmative action in college admissions, a move that could eliminate campus practices that widely benefited Black and Hispanic students. The justices said they will hear challenges to policies at Harvard and the University of North Carolina that uses students' race, among other criteria, to decide who should gain a coveted place in the entering class. The cases would be heard in the session that begins next October with a decision likely by June 2023. So if I'm under, this was done by Asian Americans, I believe, right? Yes. So it's not even from like, white americans no um so part of the reason i wanted to do this because i was like i saw this was like unc that's north carolina we're north carolina based um mm-hmm. and i remember so fun fact i entered at the supreme court uh, my junior year in college and we were able to sit in on two cases and one of them was about affirmative action and i cannot for the life of me it was about a girl who did not get into um I believe it was the University of Texas, and I cannot for the life of me remember the name of the case or how it went, but I remember it was about affirmative action, and the other one was about mitigating factors, which I thought that one was so interesting to me. So if they've already heard a similar case, like what's the difference between that case and this case? So I think the difference between this case and that case is that case, um, 
it was because in that case she was white and she was arguing that um she should she lost her spot to people of color i think this case is arguing if i'm correct um oh, it's the other know, way around essentially this yeah this case is going another direction mm -hmm. because it's hate hurting asian americans and fun fact uh affirmative action actually affects um white women the most in the sense mm -hmm. of like they're the ones who are getting the quote-unquote positions um than black and brown students but i will say this here's a, a negative that people just about affirmative action conversations in general like i was going back and forth whether i wanted to talk about this because it is kind of a sensitive subject to me not necessarily because yeah it's just kind of a sensitive subject because um one negative that people don't talk about is the flip side of this thing is like some people work really hard like black people work really hard to get where they are and then because people are mad about affirmative action everybody's telling them they only got this because of their position mm. because they are black when it, the reality is like they actually worked pretty hard and it may not have been because of affirmative action. it could Which just be ironic because of the justices like biden's looking at he said it's going to be a black woman and it's like well now she and everyone else now she only got appointed because of the color and gender and the color of her skin her gender and not of her like accreditation her even though she's most likely like perfect for the position like she most likely would be not be on the short list regardless of the color of her skin regardless of her gender but because he said i'm going to do this and this that's the only thing people are going to think of her for and like that exactly. was like the thing that like i was like i would really like hate that like i'm all for like women breaking the glass ceiling and all that but i hate like but i want to do it organically i want to do it because i earned it not because you have to you check need to have a woman a yeah. um diversity box yeah and i think that so i'll say this also too i think that there was a time where maybe they did need help diversifying because people just weren't going to do it so then, because but but here's like my question like, i don't know see that's what i don't i don't understand because like unc still needs to diversify like i know it's like i mean i think unc only accepts like a hundred black males every class really that's in most and most of them were athletes is that That's like, yeah interesting so like there like, is which is ironic because unc is like oh we're all about diversity and equality and all this jazz but, but then like they i said don't... white but i bet you okay. their percent of white women has rocketed so like people who benefit from affirmative action and mainly white women people who get the disadvantage are asian asians just in general <laughs> asia yeah. um even though they've busted their chops probably more than anyone exactly and um well okay that that was not right not like well, well that, culturally that, sound, they, that sounded bad okay well okay but, so i know what you're trying to say culturally culturally a, a lot culturally from the outside looking in it appears that people whose parents are not from here want them to work incredibly hard yeah like nigerians yes. nigerians work incredibly hard um not just asians but like nigerians for example those people are from africa nigerians are the richest black people in america and that's just mm. the 
of fun, like people who come from other com- countries typically work incredibly hard. Not saying that we don't, but yeah, the fact of the matter is, I mean, we can look at statistics, it's just facts, but yeah. that's beside the point. Um, well, but, but I will say, okay, what I said, I misspoke what I was meaning, but because like, think about it, like if they are getting hurt, that means they like busted their chops to be able to qualify for Harvard are getting denied that was a better right. way to say it right I mean, that's what I was like meaning more because I was like oh that kind of sounded racist what I just said um well but not even it, that but it's but just like, like they busted their chops to like be able to get into like Harvard get into like UNC which are very like difficult to get in but because of like the color of their skin and where they're from they're not able to right and I have a friend who is uh, Filipino and she was saying, and she's just like a mediocre student. And because she's a mediocre average, her chances to do anything are just pretty much shot because how it works is they're automatically assuming if you're Asian, then you have to have a certain, you have to reach this bar to do X, Y, and Z. And she's just an average It's a different student. bar. Yeah. Yeah. And Instead that's of, the it's, problem. It's every like, every gender, race, um, heritage like has a different bar and it should just all be the same bar yes I agree I I will say there are so here's another aspect that I think is very interesting and I am kind of on the fence about this but I am kind of leaning more toward okay I understand for example if they factored in socioeconomics that's what I was thinking like I yeah instead of looking at from the race like the bar should be kind of factored in like socioeconomically because like if you are having to work to feed your siblings or yeah your um, grades probably won't be as good as well not even that you're not going to have the extracurricular activities or like your parents wouldn't be able to afford the extracurricular activities true and so it's definitely like I think if they do any bar should be socioeconomic I agree. I agree completely. Cause I think about, I mean, you I, like, for example, like I know with my, my family, if we weren't super rich or anything, but I do know if I was struggling with a subject, my parents would, they would do everything they could to afford to get me a tutor. Yeah. Mary Sue, who is barely like, she's doing her best, but she's also taking care of her sibling. And her parent, her mom was already working three jobs just to be able to feed her siblings. She's not going to, she, her mom can't get her a tutor. Her mom was trying to make sure that um, her little sister, Lillianne, has food. So, yeah. like, there's those things that I think are, quote, unquote, mitigating factors that I think could be factored in. I think that would make a little bit more sense for them to uh, consider that when they are doing it. But I don't necessarily think that, like, race should be an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was during a time where the where it was introduced where the majority of certain minorities were like there was a time where we kind of social socially economically were split up by race we're not we are kind of now but not as much and I think that's why we can kind of move past like we can kind of move on from this um, and like I said like back to what I was saying earlier it really does like it, it it takes away from people who are who are a minority working hard. It takes away from us being able to be judged or to be quote unquote praised for our stuff based on our merit, not just like our color. Because I've had have that happen to me before someone of Caucasian descent 
uh, expressed to me that I only got X, Y, and Z because I was black. And it's like, no, I got X, Y, and Z because I worked really hard, actually. Like, but with this whole narrative of affirmative action, I don't, I really do think it was because I worked really hard, but I don't know. I mean, it could not be, it could be, but then it just takes away from my hard work. Um, so it, it's just, I think it had a good intentions at the beginning. And I think it's silly to act like it was never needed. Um, because, and I mean, Vic and I have talked about this. I was listening to a podcast and it was explaining like um, the workforce. And a lot of times you're going to hire people you see yourself in. So if you don't like, you can only see yourself in certain people if you're a certain person, you know, mm-hmm. um, y'all get what I'm implying. And honestly, I would like to do a podcast where we have a particular person speak, but there's a whole other conversation. Um, so yes, yeah, so like, I think there was a time where it was needed, but I think now it's not. So we'll, I guess we'll just be watching it. We'll see how it goes. Um, I hope that, uh, I hope that we can get to a place where it's not needed, where people don't feel like they have to have some sort of quota, like where we yeah. could just say, or honestly, I do think if we just take, I think we take away the names and we just put their grades and the extracurricular in their writings. I think that's how we should do all jobs. And that's how we should do all school. Now, do you think- I should like take away the names. Well, I think you take away the names, the gender, and yeah. their um, race. Race, and but like I mean, I think socioeconomics would be good. It's like how much your parents make. So yeah, you have an idea of like, okay, well, why aren't they doing this? And then it's like, oh, that's why. Yeah, I think that's definitely some. Yeah, I think so. I'm also thinking of like for job wise too. Mm-hmm. like when we do when people are hiring for jobs I think they should take away the name and the race for sure well I that's Gender. different that you still have to interview yeah but well I guess make it through the resumes yeah yeah, yeah right, right 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 but yeah so it's you know with all this going on sometimes working for yourself I don't know I was trying to do a cool transition um so now is our ad <laughs> um our ad is our l-i-t-l-i-t-l co-apparel um they sell cute clothes custom designs they have bows and scrunchies that are wholesale through small U.S. businesses and are handmade Everything you get from them is wholesale and it is sourced through small businesses. Um, And ultimately, you can be reassured that when you spend money with them, it is going to a wholesome family who is creating beautiful things to support themselves. Um, And their priority is to ensure that LITL Co. is 100% scripturally based and run. They do not crave to culture. And use our code, those girls, on their website, litlco.com, and get 10% off. Awesome. Um, our next story is Holly Madison is opening up about the gross experience of sleeping with Hugh Hefner for the first time and being afraid to leave the mansion because of his mountain of revenge porn. Holly Madison. This, wait, pause for two seconds. This is not a part to play with your children. Some people listen to the podcast with their kids. Okay. 
Holly Madison is re-examining her years spent at Hugh Hefner's Playboy Mansion in A&E's new docuseries, Secrets of Playboy. Madison was 21 when she moved into the mansion and began dating Hefner, who was 75, 75 at the time. The two stayed together for roughly seven years in a relationship she has described as Stockholm Syndrome. Hefner was known for engaging in multiple sexual relationships with women decades younger than him at the Playboy Mansion after having one he branded as his main girlfriend. Hefner died in 2019 at 91 in recent years his treatment of the young women he had sexual encounters with as well as the entire legacy of the Playboy Mansion has been criticized rather than glorified. Looking back on the first time she and Hefner slept together, what she said came about after a night with many of his girlfriends. Madison, who wasn't yet living at the Playboy Mansion at the time, recalls feeling humiliated the morning after. There's definitely no romance or seduction of anything like that, she says. It was dark in the room. There's a giant movie screen of porn. So, do you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? Your yeah, because I'm not really sure where you're going with this. Oh, okay. Well, I want to talk about it because oh, yeah. it's a new show out on um, A&E. And I keep seeing things about it. And I think because I'm always talking about being anti-porn and the algorithm hears me. Um, so they're trying to show me things like this. But it kept popping up. So I was like, you know what? I'm sure somebody, and I think Alex talked about that once on politics this week. Well, all I wanted to say is just like, I'm not surprised. I, and I'm really glad. So when Hugh Hefner died, I remember everybody was like, oh, this hero died. He da 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 da. And I'm glad people are now seeing him as this evil, old, decrepit, creepy man. And I think it, it's good that she's telling her story. Um, and I think it's also good that the culture, like, I mean, the main reason I wanted to talk about this is the cultural impact of discussing how um, this type of lifestyle should not be glamorized and discussing how this type of lifestyle is not okay. Just all of these sexual partners and um, yeah, that's really what I wanted to, wanted to get at with this. Um, yeah, cause I mean, I didn't know about the documentary. It definitely sounds interesting. Yeah, I wanna, I'm, it's on A&E. I don't know. If, I don't remember if I had that. I'm going to try to watch it. Hopefully it'll be on like Amazon Prime or, or Hulu or something because I do want to see it because I think it is important to now, I mean, too little too late almost, but I think it is good to now talk about like how dangerous uh, and culturally impactful this lifestyle is. There's this book. I need to, I got it when I was um, at CPAC last year with the group I was with. They gave us a bunch of books and it's written by, I forgot who it was written by, but it's a lady who uh, helped kind of start the sexual revolution and she regrets it now. And um, it just also kind of reminded me of like, this was some of the things that kind of started it. This was some of the things that um, really got people uh yeah, this started it. This was at the height of the sexual revolution when he was becoming famous. And I mean, think about how culturally, like everybody knows what Playboy is, whether you're pro Playboy or not Playboy, everybody knows, it's a cultural impact. And I think it's good that we're talking about how terrible it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't really have anything else you want to add? 
I really like them. I think, I mean, the story kind of speaks for itself. Okay. I guess we'll so. do the next story. <laughs> All right. Our final story is moms are still having their newborn baby separated from them because of COVID. It sounds like something from a dystopian novel, but in fact, across the U.S. and other areas of the world, babies are taken away from their mothers who test positive for COVID right after birth. Even with the new variants, infants and children under 20 have less than a 1% chance of dying from COVID. If we're still following the science and the data, then why are newborns still being separated from mothers to test positive for COVID? In Chicago, Illinois, the family was separated from their newborn baby boy because he tested positive for COVID. No one thought to retest, even though false positives are more common than false negatives, and that five different categories of false positives have been researched and identified. Errors in test operations, poorly specific AGRDTs, detection of inactivity or residual SARS-CoV-2, cross-contamination and cross-reactions of other substances in clinical samples. In 2020, studies were already proving that the risk of mother-to-infant transmission of COVID were low. It was also known that infants who are just starting life already know their mother's smell, voice, warmth, and contact between a mother and child has numerous health benefits. Um, Skin-to-skin contact from their mother regulates the baby's breathing, heart rate, and body temperature. There's nothing more natural than laying a newborn on their mother's chest after birth to prevent better health. It's also been known to improve oxygen levels, growth, and potentially reduce hospital stays. This kind of contact also relaxes the mother and truly gives her the mommy feeling feel. <laughs> Giving birth is like going into battle. The mother's body goes through so much that just touching the little person they labored for is worth it. Holding her baby for the first time releases oxyto- oxytocin. I almost said oxycodone. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, that definitely cannot be right. Oxytocin <laughs> to develop bonding. Those first special moments are what kickstart maternal instincts, which reduces the risk of postpartum depression and other issues. So this is the one you guys voted on for us to talk about. So we'll talk about it. I also want to read um, an, a listener, I hope. I know she she definitely follows me because she messaged it to me. I hope she listens. Um, she sent me her story. And I'm gonna read it really quick. She told so this is from someone that like a reliable source in the sense of like we follow each other on Instagram, chat, like this is something that like not just some article. She says, I tested positive before delivering my baby July of last year. The doctor came in and told me that they had to take him away and takes him into the ICU. They wanted to make sure that the baby was okay and that I didn't infect him. The hardest thing I ever have been through, but I stood my ground and told them that they could not take my baby away and that I would walk out if that was the case. The doctor and nurses were angry with me and so rude and treated me so poorly because I would not allow them to take him. At the end, I was allowed to keep my baby with me after birth. They wanted to test him for COVID, but I did not allow that. But thankfully, he was a healthy baby. We didn't even do any social distancing with him. I nursed him and he's a perfectly healthy baby. That California is wild. One of our friends just had a baby and they wouldn't allow her husband in unless he was vaccinated. My husband and I want to continue having children with everything going on. We had to start looking into having our next child out of state or country if it's needed. That's so crazy. I can't imagine having a kid right now. I, my heart goes out to everybody who is pregnant right now. Like that is two things. I could not imagine not having my husband there. You're telling me that I have to do this all by myself with just doctors and nurses. And then if they try, like, 
babies need to be held and touched right when they're born like that's part of like the baby experience um in the movie old I don't know if you guys saw that and this obviously isn't real life but it's just an example so one of the spoiler nobody who watched this probably listens oh probably watched the movie but spoiler um the girl gets pregnant and they birth the baby and put the baby down for one second and the baby dies the baby dies because if babies aren't held um like in their infancy and like they're not like uh cradled and loved on and hugged and having all of these emotions and toxins they can die like that so and because during that time so like one second was like two years or something like that during the way the time sped up so the baby just died automatically automatically um so yeah so it's it's just sad it's sad what has gone to this place I cannot imagine having to go through this right now like this is crazy this is yeah. crazy and it, and it kind of does feel like a different country almost like I just I mean I can't imagine not having my husband and I can't imagine them saying all right that's it we'll take your baby from you that would just be the worst thing ever. I, and like, also too, we know, I mean, I like how in this article, I'll link it, um, well, it'll be in our um, blog post we do with all the articles we talk about. Um, and in the article, they just talk about the different benefits of being able to hold and hug and, and caress your baby, put the baby on the mother's chest, the beginning of their life. So it's imperative. It's important for these things to happen um, for the life, for the baby in general. So yeah, so this is just like crazy that it's still happening too. We're in year two of the pandemic. And, you know, I hate, there are some people who are getting sick. There's some people who are being hospitalized. There's people who are dying. And it's so sad. I absolutely hate it. I think that um, everybody, we need to be taking care of ourselves, you know, taking our vitamins, we need to be exercising, we need to be um, doing all the things that are, we can do to keep our immune systems ready and proper, and we also need to realize that this, this virus might be with us, like the flu, like how other viruses are with us, and we might just have to build up an immunity to it. Because think about when they first got the flu. Like, I'm sure it felt the same way it feels now. I, I wasn't there, so I don't know. But I'm sure people died at the beginning. And oh, it, I, you know, so sad. Seriously, I absolutely hate it. But we do have to, at some point, we do have to move forward. Because, you know, if we, we can't continue to do this. It's not good. It's not healthy. It's not healthy at all. And I mean, don't get me started on some of the mandates. In DC, it was kind of hard to do stuff because we couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't, we weren't how allowed. How was it going? Because like, I mean, yeah, like how was it? Like, what, were you able, well, what were you able to do when they're like, they're very. So, so um, I only went out to eat in DC one day and there is but one restaurant well there's one restaurant that's about to be shut down that people are trying to rally together I saw about that yeah there's one restaurant that people are trying to rally together um to save and we that's the only time we went but like so Thursday I ended up eating 
at, so I went to Tim Tebow's. Uh, he spoke at the Vans for Life event. We're going to be doing some stuff with Vans for Life because let me tell you, I don't know if it was just like a good speaker, if they had good um, testimonies, but I was moved. I am totally convinced that every pregnancy resource center needs a van. Uh, we, while I'm in Charlotte, we're going to try to see what we can do here. Um, but I, so that's where I had my dinner on Thursday. Friday, I had breakfast at, um, Friday, I had breakfast in Virginia because that's where I was staying. So I stayed in Virginia. I didn't stay in DC. My friend lives in Virginia. So I stayed in Virginia. I had breakfast there. I brought like a protein bar. So I didn't really have lunch because the March kind of is like an all day event. So then dinner, I was back in Virginia and my friend came over. She made us dinner. Okay. So um, it wasn't like you were staying in DC. And no. Like, yeah. The only day I had to get dinner was on Saturday, the day of the summit. So for breakfast, I had the breakfast at the hotel prepared where the conference was because I went to I went to the donors breakfast I didn't even know it was a donors breakfast um but I went to the donors breakfast I felt so like oh I am a donor um not really I like I'm not like a real donor I do the five dollars here and there when I can um so I went to the donors breakfast and then lunch they gave us lunch and then dinner we were on our own so everybody I was with I'm pretty sure was unvaccinated I think one person I was with was vaccinated, but everybody I was with that was unvaccinated. We went to this restaurant that everybody was trying to save. Um, it was nice. And the food was good. The food was good. It was like no space. So that was other, like, people are really trying hard to save this restaurant. There kind of sort of was no space for a little bit. Um, and then they finally gave us space. So then it was like a better evening. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of what you have to do. Like, if I had to say another day in BC, I probably would just have to keep going back to that restaurant because there's literally just one restaurant that's doing it. And like I said, they're about to be shut down because um, they have a fine. They're getting fined and I think they just can't afford to pay the fine. Um, so sucks. And I mean, it's not the people who work to the restaurant. It's not their fault. That's one thing we also have to remember. It's not their fault. People yeah. that work at the restaurant. Yep. So yeah, so let's do our last OG Woman Spotlight that is brought to you by Culture of Life 1972. So you can see I'm wearing my 1972 necklace and they have such cute jackets. You guys probably saw people wearing them. They're like cute, they're pink and they have Culture of Life 1972 painted on the back. They were all over social media at the March for Life. Um, and you can get that jacket. You can also get this necklace, so many other really cute items for 10% off if you use our code, those other girls 1972. And then 100% of your purchase is going to go to pro life causes. So our women's spotlight is Nancy Mace from um, South Carolina. I met her for like five seconds great woman oh, no, I followed her one of my friends worked for her campaign and I've like followed her from like the beginning love her yeah um, great, great follow on social media incredible single mom started working from like Waffle House like incredible story for real um she and Derek Kilmer announced that their bipartisan effort to support homeless veterans the building of tiny home communities. The bill seeks to expand the VA's existing grant and per diem 
yeah, per diem program by creating a pilot program that provides recipients money to build individualized and sustainable tiny homes and villages. The bill offers a new approach to the longstanding issue, and though it is still in the early stages, it will need to pass through both the House and both houses of Congress. So the House and the Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is a good first step. And I think yeah, that's we good. have like a similar community up here in like oh. Greensboro area, and it does like really well. I think it's in high point if I recall. Um, but oh. it does like really well. And like I don't know if you know this, I lived in a tiny home in Clemson. So there was like a tiny home. Yeah. So when I was like doing my one semester at Clemson, there was a tiny home community. Um, so it, for like college students, and it was like a more of like the graduate level college students, like the older kids. And so I like lived in a tiny home for like a semester, and like I love it. I miss that place. Like really? it was so nice. I forgot who I was talking to. Someone wanted to do research on the difference between like a tiny like cost if they lived in a van or a tiny home um because they were interested in that I've never really been interested in tiny homes mm-hmm. but I'm hearing like more and more really cool because it was like definitely like a lot more of like a community feel to it because like I mean I've lived in like the tiny home I've obviously lived in apartments and yeah. I, I don't know why like with like the tiny homes it really like I actually like, got to know my neighbors where like didn't like in an apartment and it's yeah. like you really do kind of feel like a sense of community so like definitely like I feel like something oh, this like this good. is a lot better yeah. um than kind of like putting them in like a like shelter type yeah feel and like apartments. Oh, good. yeah good for her we love to see women out here succeeding being successful we love it. This is a pro-woman podcast for those that did not know. We are pro-woman over here. Um, and if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. We would love if you could recommend this podcast to all of your friends. This upcoming year, we have a lot. And I mean, I have copious pages of ideas for things to do. And we just part of the way we can do this is if you share this podcast and tell all of your friends a goal that I have in the next five years is for us to be the first conservative Christian society podcast to be in the 200 top 200 um, society list right now we are in the top 200 in Guatemala now, why? I'm not quite sure. I looked at our analytics. There's like a website you can look. And Guatemala is where we're in the top 200. Top 100, I believe, actually. We're top I love- 100 in Guatemala? Yes, ma'am. I'll send you the screenshot. Um, <laughs> I absolutely would love for us to take that over to the U.S. as well, uh, specifically because we do U.S. politics. Now, whoever's listening in Guatemala I am honored that you guys are listening to us I'm very curious of like yeah email email I appreciate that um but yeah so our goal is to do that and to do that we need you guys to share this episode share this episode share some of our past episodes we've done some great interviews and we have some fantastic interviews lined up I mean I'm super excited I 
got finally got in contact with someone to talk about a topic that is very controversial um, that I think you guys are going to really love to hear her perspective someone with a degree yes that's right she has a degree talking about this topic so I'm just I'm really 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 excited um, for some of these topics women's month is going to be it'll be renamed those other girls month that's how epic women's month is going to be so you need to share and like and review if you listen on apple podcast please uh leave a review we are at this point we really really need reviews um so do an algorithm research how it helps other people to find the podcast as if you are reviewing if you do receive a couple reviews a week and things like that so if you listen and you enjoy it on apple podcast takes five seconds to type up wow this is such a great podcast oh my goodness mal i love listening to mal talk all day would love to hear mal talk all the time mal talks a lot and it's great that's all you have to do that's all you have to write um big is super smart she knows a lot of random facts and she's very intelligent takes two seconds two seconds to do that you guys um and it really helps you don't have to say those exact things but that'd be nice if you did I mean I appreciate Um, it yeah I mean I'm not gonna be mad at you if you say those exact things but the point is we really do need those reviews so um and it'll just help people find us and if you're enjoying this and you feel as if you're being represented and you want other people to feel the same way that's the best way to help them do that also check out our merch store we have um still some items left we have this sweatshirt if you are interested our anti-abortion social club sweatshirt is like selling really well i'm really glad you guys like it if you wear it please tag us let us know um trying to think of anything else i think that's it um i hope you guys have a good rest of your weekend enjoy the snow um and yeah be good be safe make good choices is I would say to my friends in college when they'd go out and do bad choice things, I'd always like, make good choices. So I hope you make good choices. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com to read our blogs and receive exclusive content and connect with us on Instagram at thoseothergirlspodcast and on Twitter at TOG underscore podcast. Those are the girls changing culture and bringing back traditional values.